Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, we have another exciting guest on our podcast, like we always do. His name is Mike from the Cost and Benefits Party. He's going to talk to us about his ideas for this party and for our nation. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mike, let's get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Yeah, sure. So my name is Mike. Uh, my last name is Lobb, and uh, I'm an electrical engineer, and um, I'm from from Idaho, and I uh, have lived in uh, Chicago for about 10 years and now Colorado for about 10 years. Oh. And so um, I'm, I'm uh, uh, basically... Uh, I have certifications in project management and also uh, uh, lead. Uh, it's leadership for uh, environmental and engin- in- energy. Uh, it's kind of like a green building certification. But, uh, oh. yeah, uh, that, that's a little bit about me professionally. But I uh, have, have a family and uh, a lot of interest and haven't made as much progress in uh, my political party as I would like. But, uh it, it definitely is a, um, an interest of, of mine and something that I'm trying to get going. Awesome. Today we're taking one step forward in advancing your party, getting this out to our audience. So yeah. we trust it will spread the word. Yeah. So since you're an electrical engineer, how did your experience being an electrical engineer inform your politics? Well, yeah, so I wanted, I, ha- I had this idea of, um, and it's kind of, an algorithm, and okay. and so I was a mechanical engineer, and uh, I was working uh, at a, a company where there were a bunch of electrical engineers, and I kind of wanted to get into programming uh, because uh, my my idea kind of overlapped with programming, and so I changed my major to electrical engineer, electrical engineering, thinking that I could I could get into that a little bit more, but I, I never have had time to learn how to program. With ChatGPT, it's kind of now a, a golden age for for people who uh, want to break into programming, and so uh, wow. I'm hoping that I, I can make some progress now um, with, with with my idea and and um, where I want to go uh, with the politics. Okay, so it sounds like your background is a direct link to what you're trying to do with politics. Well, yeah, I thought it would be. I was hoping it would be. I haven't really got into much programming. Okay. Um, I, uh, but, yeah, I changed my major from mechanical over to electrical, you know, uh, uh, 23 years ago. And, and I've kind of been in the construction industry and uh, didn't really get in, into programming as much as I, I thought I would. Um, just, you okay. know, when I was working, working in college, I was working as a mechanical engineer, but I was working with a bunch of electrical engineers that were also doing programming and uh, you know, how careers uh, and your idea of how they're going to turn out versus how they really turn out uh, sometimes True. doesn't doesn't work out. Yeah, that's definitely the case. I've heard a lot of people have been in that predicament. Yeah. So how did you get involved in this cost and benefits party? You're the starter of it, right? Correct. Um, okay, so, so how, did you start, how did you come to found it? Yeah, so basically... Um, I, I have an interest, and it started off with an algorithm. Okay. And it, it, um, I was working 
at McDonald's at the time at their headquarters. And, and you, you can, uh, you can kind of talk to the people that I worked with. I was, this was kind of a nerdy idea that I had. And it was back before Google came out. And oh. it's kind of an algorithm that I got all excited about Google because they're kind of doing what I wanted. And so basically, um, I, I want to start an evidence-based political party. And I have, uh, I believe, an objective criteria. It doesn't, it's not perfect, but it's a way that we could let uh, collective intelligence keep track of the score um, for, for the likely costs or benefits of different uh, policies. Okay. So basi- basically, I don't know if you know anything about uh, Google's PageRank, but it's made them hundreds of billions of dollars. And it's basically a very simple algorithm where they count links um, between web pages. And so they count the number of links to your website site as a vote for your website. But all links aren't equal. They, if you get a link from a website that has lots of links to it, that link from that important or cool website uh, counts more. And so if, if you look up PageRank, it's the algorithm that I thought we could bring into politics and make oh. politics a little more uh, evidence-based. So, okay. uh, so uh, Benjamin Franklin was the first person to come up with an algorithm, a decision-making algorithm. And so he, he's a politician and also a algorithm designer. But, so he, he uh, came up with a pro-con list. And yeah. so what he what he said is he would put a belief at the top of the page, and then over the course of a couple of days he would uh, brainstorm all the pros, and then he would brainstorm all the cons, and then over the next couple of days he would he would cross off one pro, uh, and and maybe that was just as important to him as the the cons, as two cons, and then oh. you know, so. Um, over time, over the space of a couple weeks, he would try to uh, balance it out and weigh which side was stronger or weaker. And, okay. and so, t- to me, all of this fits into, uh, you know, if you go back to Egyptian, uh, you know, uh, the, there's an Egyptian goddess, Matt, uh, and she, she had scales, and she would weigh pros and cons. Hmm. And Lady Justice is kind of the same concept. She's a, a woman with a scale, but she put on, uh, you know, uh, blindfolds to remove bias. And so my belief is that, pro- that humanity has made progress to the extent that we have had uh, tried to remove bias and look at evidence-based policies or to try to look at the, both the pros and the cons. And so our founding fathers really hated political parties. Uh, George Washington, uh, you know, he said, don't form factions. They're terrible. They just cause a cycle of revenge and stupidity where you're not really trying to do what's best for the nation. You kind of sell your soul to your, your party, and, and you're trying to benefit your guys. And, yeah. and it's, it's almost like a, a mob or – uh, you know, an evil situation where you're trying to help your guys. Oh, you're on my team and 
and you're no longer focused on the country. You're focused on winning for your team. Yeah. Um, so our founding fathers, both uh, George Washington and John Adams, were very much against political parties, but their anti-political party uh, sentiment kind of turned out to be kind of naive because you need you need something organized oh, around. Okay. Anyways, I, I don't want to go off too far, and I'm hope, hoping that this is still interesting. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is interesting. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard people criticize their founders on that regard that they were naive about parties. Usually, people are saying they were 100% right. So, if you want to well, elaborate on that, that would be great. Yeah, definitely. I agree with them 100% that we shouldn't have, um, you know, factions that are, um, you know, ca- caught up on winning. But th- they, I, I do think we need parties, but I think okay. we need process parties, not uh, ideological parties. So, okay. Uh, representation is, you know, we named the Republican Party after a process, and that process is representation. And, and re- really, that's an algorithm. That's, hmm. let's get the best and brightest, shove them all in a room and make them argue about, uh, about policy and debate, force them to debate, and then we'll have a vote. And so that's an algorithm. And really, all an algorithm is, is it's a process. It's okay. a simple procedure. And so, to me, representation is an algorithm. And, 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 or it's a process, you know, if you don't, if algorithm sounds too nerdy. And I kind of have the same thing is that democracy is an algorithm or it's a process. It's a rule by the people. And, and so I think we named our political parties after processes, but then really Republicans became the small government party and, you know, the Democrats became, so they became aligned with policy wishes or philosophy, even though they're named after processes. And so I think we need to go back to a political party that tries to find processes that promote uh, reason. And, and, and I think that that's what our founding fathers did. Is they, they said, what process promotes reason? Well, let's do separation of state. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, separation of power. Let's, you know, have the executive, legislative. So that was a process that they thought would promote reason. Okay. And, and they said, let's do debate and let's do representation. And so they came up with all of these processes that would promote uh, reason. And, and that's what I want is, I, I think that uh, I want a political party still. I think that um, we need political parties, but they shouldn't be dedicated to small government or big government or um, they should be dedicated to processes uh, that follow the Enlightenment and uh, attempts to do a cost-benefit analysis. And so okay. that's, kind of, that's kind of the origin of my idea, <laughs> a All long-winded, right. very complex uh, a hard to follow origin of my idea. And that's kind of why I haven't really gained much, uh, you know, uh, progress is, it, is, is it's, I'm not very good at explaining it. No, no, you're too hard on yourself. It sounds like it, it sounds very clear and it sounds very intelligible. It sounds like 
definitely an interesting concept. Yeah. So, so if we're weighing the benefits and the disadvantages, how does that work with democracy? Because democracy may not necessarily be what's the most advantageous. It's assuming that the voters are 100% going to weigh everything yeah. based on rationality, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, our founding fathers knew that everyone in the country couldn't fit in together to the same room. Yeah. And maybe maybe they didn't even, I mean, but that just wasn't a possibility back then. You know, with the Internet, it is now, but we all have full-time jobs. And so yeah. we can't devote ourselves necessarily to every single person can't be an expert in every issue. And True. so, so um, when I was in college, you know, I kind of had this idea in the back of my head. And, and so I took uh, a conflict resolution class because I thought it kind of overlapped with the idea. And I took a formal logic from the philosophy department class. And, you know, they, they talk about the antecedent and the press. Uh, I, I can't remember all the, the terms. But, um, but so kind of I have two concepts. One is uh, cost-benefit analysis, and okay. the other is, con is conflict uh, resolution. So there's a there's a um, there's a real good book written by uh, uh, Fisher, Uri, and, and Patton called uh, "Getting to Yes," and that was one that, of yeah. the uh, yeah assigned reading books from my conflict resolution class. And you know this was a book written in the 70s, and these are guys from Harvard that did the uh, the there's a Harvard school to resolving conflict. And so, you know, when they did the peace accords between Israel and Palestine, you know, they had arbiters and conflict resolution experts trying to, trying to help resolve the conflict. And, and they had algorithms or procedures and processes for resolving conflict. And, you know, some of the procedures and processes is to focus on interests not position. So what are the interests of the disputing sides? Not, not you know, I want this land or I want that land. You know, what are the interests? And uh, so there's a whole process for resolving conflict. And, and all of these processes kind of fit to me with, you know, pros and cons, cost-benefit analysis. And, and so I wrote a paper uh, in that class about automating conflict resolution on the internet huh. and and so I think that you know you have all these ideas together and you can make a political party where you try to uh, basically you know the Republicans have their website and the Democrats have their website and yeah. all of the Repub Republicans bring all of the data that supports their conclusion and and they ignore all of the data or evidence that might weaken it and and uh, the Democrats do the same thing, is, is they bring all of the evidence that might support their policy. And, and we're all so used to being manipulated and all of these people trying to sell us and manipulate us and propaganda. And it's, I don't want to sound naive myself, but it's, you know, if you were to just wake up in this world and say, does this make sense? I think you would say no, that you would want a political party that brings all of the pros and cons together and tries to come up with 
uh, ways of weighing uh, which for each issue what seems to be the case and okay. and that's kind of what uh, what I'm trying to do so All right. like I, I said it's it's uh, really three main uh, you know I don't know if you've heard of the three-legged stool but uh, you, you kind of need three legs for a stool to to stand and so you know the the first leg for me is is conflict resolution right. uh, those those great books that tell you the process but if we can if if we could you know the republicans spend a billion dollars trying to elect trump and the democrats spent a billion dollars trying to elect uh biden but you know with a billion dollars think of the you could pay so many economists to and scientists and and computer programmers you know with a billion dollars every 4 years it if that went to our political party think of how many problems we could solve or analyze um if if you brought all of the pros and cons together on one website um okay. so that's kind of uh what i envision that we would do in the future is that we would listen to you know George Washington and John Adams and and you know even Benjamin Franklin he he tried starting a virtue party and it and it was just promoting people that are virtuous and you know not not being dedicated to uh you know specific uh philosophies so, oh. uh so yeah, uh, that kind of kind of my my vision Okay, so do you think this is going to, let's say that this idea was implemented fully, would it, yeah. would it shatter the two-party system? You or know, would it ideally, be able to complement with it. Ideally, yeah, I do think the Republican and Democrat parties need to go away. Um, oh, okay. And I don't know if you've ever listened to uh, Freakonomics, but they have a real good po uh, podcast about uh, the America's hidden duopoly. Oh, and um, so I, the duopoly is kind of like Coke and Pepsi. It's not a monopoly, but there, there's a situation where two organizations kind of control everything. Yeah. And and we we kind of live in an environment here in America, and you know, Freakonomics talk about America's hidden duopoly of uh, the Republican and Democrat parties, and how you have um, they both complain and say that they hate each other. Or, you know, want to defeat the other side. But, uh, you know, really they, they use the other side to raise money and, and, uh, many of the advertising companies and the people that, you know, are involved in politics, they, they, they treat it like a game and they're, they make money from both sides. And it's just not intelligent. Uh, it's not worthy of the intelligence that our founding fathers tried to set up. You know, it's not worthy. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're playing games, you know, with yeah. Trump and Biden. We're not having intelligent conversations. We're not, we're not worthy of being the leader of the free world with the level of discourse that we're having. And so I really think that a forum that's more like Wikipedia, where 
it's not just, uh, you know, how, how many people can you get to agree or disagree with each policy, but you try to leverage the amount of reason that you can gather to support or oppose each issue. Okay. Um, or, and so that's, so I would use Wikipedia as a role model. You know, we would, we would have a, 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 a political party and we're going to support any candidate that promises to look at both the pros and the cons. Oh. And, and, uh, you know, to show their math. When you were in elementary and junior high and high school and maybe even college, you had to show your math. It wasn't yeah. enough to, to come to the right conclusion and say, oh, I'm on your team. You had to yeah. show, show why you made that choice. And, and so if, if I could get a political party started, I would support any candidate that tried to show the arguments that they accepted and the arguments that they rejected. So, you know, every, every belief, every tax, every, everything that a senator does, um, you know, there, there could be top 10 uh, pro arguments and top 10 con arguments. And I, I would support a can, any candidate that, uh, you know, would rank those arguments and show that the pros added up to more than the cons. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm not interested so much in them coming to the right conclusion. I'm interested in improving the process that generates those conclusions. Okay. But anyways. So some people would think that there would be a lot of subjectivity in weighing the pros and cons. Have you heard of someone named Bent Flyberg? No, I haven't. He argued that one of the problems we face in not only academics but in life in general is that we make – the social sciences, sciences unlike the other sciences where there's a lot of subjectivity involved and we should get back to making them like the other sciences. He says law is one example that it's not because the law field is very structured in argumentation. Yeah. So he said other forms should implement that. So how would we do that when there's a lot of subjectivity involved in these things and weighing the concept someone could have something that's beneficial to themselves and that would outweigh everything, every other con. So how do we approach this when there's subjectivity involved? You know, I, I agree with that uh, perspective a hundred percent, you know, just, just to start off that sure. I, I, you know, there, there's a, there's a field of study called political science, yep. but it's not very scientific. Yeah. And evidence based. So a big goal of mine is to do for um, politics what has been done to the uh, evidence based philanthropy. Oh. Have you have have you heard about that? Um, no, I don't uh, think so. Kindly explain. Kindly summarize. Yeah. So so there's uh, this McCaskill guy and. Uh, Peter Singer, and you know, if you go out on Wikipedia, you can uh, learn a little bit more about uh, its evidence-based. I'm not saying the right term. Um, 
it's oh goodness. Uh, but so in 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 Africa, they had uh, you know six different plans to increase student scores. And sure. so what they did they did is they did a study, and you know they they tried they tried to um, make sure uh, the study was similar, like you had similar groups of students from similar backgrounds and everything. And so they spent you know twenty thousand dollars on new books in this area and this other area they spent twenty thousand dollars on flip charts, and in this other area they spent twenty thousand dollars on uh, um, <clears throat> parasite. Uh, control, uh, you know, like worms, yeah, and 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 so they did a study to figure out um, which um, method of trying to raise kids' scores worked, and in this instance, they found that uh, the the thing that helped kids learn the most and improve their test scores was was the healthcare. That you know, deworming, um, you know, people from from poor backgrounds allowed them to pay attention longer in class, and it 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 so it was um, you know the 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 bang for buck analysis uh, trying to in in improve uh, uh, philanthropy, and so I'm trying to do that for. For politics, and so you were asking about how do you do that for objectives? Yeah, uh, you know the, the sciences are so much different. Uh, e- economics is so much different than than words, and and beliefs and conclusions and philosophy. Yeah. And and that I agree with you is the fundamental problem. Is we all start with a clean slate, and that's where I started as a kid. Is I felt like I was making really big, important decisions for my life, and I felt like I was all alone. I felt like, you know, here we are, you know, growing up, uh, no, it was 1995, and I felt very frustrated that I have to make decisions about my life and, you know, what to do with it and, you know, just every decision, and, you know, there's thousands of books, but I can't read every book. There's yeah. no and, and the arguments that have been disproven, they're still out there in all of the the books, and and so I feel very frustrated that that beliefs don't have a score based on our collective understanding of you know you know so Socrates and Descartes and all of the different philosophers they all just keep producing more and more content and all of that content coexists, but none of it is well linked. And so I want a system where if you weaken an argument, it automatically weakens all conclusions that use that argument as an assumption. Wow. That has large ramifications. Yeah. And so none, I, I don't believe we live in a, uh, rational world, you know. True. Everyone, ha- everyone has a clean slate, and you know, everyone has to find truth for themselves. And you know, I think the arts and a lot of the humanities love that, and they're like, "Oh, this is awesome!" You know, we can just 
go on talking about things forever and get nowhere. Um, but I, I, I don't love it. Uh, a lot of, you know, Socrates' assumptions and arguments and beliefs have kind of been shown to be, uh, you know, not logically coherent, hmm. but, but none of it is linked. Uh, and so, you know, I was very frustrated with that. Um, I, I don't know how much of a detour to take here, but, um, I was raised in a, uh, a religion I'm no longer involved in, but, um, I was sent out on a mission for two years. Wow. And, and so, you know, I, I knocked on people's doors and, and I would ask them if they want to talk and, and I would try to share my belief and, uh, you know, you know, I'd listen to them and I never, uh, felt like people's conclusions were wrong and I didn't really care what people believed, but what really frustrated me was having the same argument over and over and over again and knowing that my grandparents also went on missions and their parents, uh, you know, just, just within my church, they've been doing missions for my grand, my parents and grandparents and, and, you know, great grandparents even. And, you know, I, I have, I had a great grandpa that also went to the South. And I just would often think that, you know, the conversations that I was having were the exact same conversations that he had. And, and, and so we don't, we don't do a good job of killing bad ideas. It's, uh, and, and I just don't think we can make progress until we give arguments scores. And everyone, everyone hates that so much because they say, how dare you score my belief. But the, the, we can't say everything is equal. Until we come up with scores, the flat earth belief is just as valid as any other belief. If, if everything has to be a continuous conversation where we always start at ground zero and, you know, you just look at all the content being generated on Twitter, none of it is linked, all the content that people put on their Facebook. You know, people maybe don't have Facebook uh, arguments anymore. I don't know. Um, but blogs and, and all of the content being generated, it's frustrating to me that none of it is linked. So your algorithm is the missing link. Yeah. That's all I want is a system that improves over time. And so I just want to start it. I don't, the scores don't mean anything. But, you know, the flat earth belief should have a lower score than some other beliefs. If 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 we were to look at the evidence, um, the, the, I, I don't care what the scores are. But we need to start generating scores, I believe, if we're going to progress as humans. And especially if we're going to deal effectively with uh, artificial intelligence. I think we need collective intelligence in order to protect us from artificial intelligence. Sure. Um, because artificial intelligence doesn't show its math. We don't know why it makes decisions. We don't know why it it says different things. Um, that's just that's just a matter of fact about how the programming works with uh, artificial intelligence. Is you set it you set it out on a big data set, and 
and it just makes decisions and you can't trace it. What I want is a, is a traceable system, uh, where, I'm sorry, I have to move my car. I just want a traceable system where you see all the pros and you see all the cons. And if you want to see why one argument has a low score, uh, you could trace all of the, uh, if, if an argument has a low score, you should be able to trace all of the pros and see that they're currently doing better than the, uh, I'm sorry, I said oh, all of the cons would currently be doing better than the pros. And sure. by, and, uh, I don't know how nerdy you want to get, but, um, I would break up all of the pro and con sub arguments into different categories. So, oh. and so a belief can be true, but unimportant. So basically inconsequential. Uh, you know, if you spit into the ocean, it does raise the sea level, but it's, it's, doesn't raise it very much. Um, and, and so it can be true that spitting in the ocean raises the sea level, but it's, it's, it's not an effective way to, uh, raise the seas if that's no. your goal. So, but, so there's truth and importance and there's also relevance. So if someone submits a pro and con and says, you know, a pro or a con of, uh, you know, a, a tax on carbon and they say the grass is green is a reason to agree, you know, the grass is green is true, but it's not, it's not relevant. Sure. Um, so I would have, and, and then, and then there's, there's two types of truth. There's free from logical fallacy and there's also verified. So something can have a high truth score because we have verified it through experimentation and through high quality experimentation and through high quality experimentation with replication, with multiple replications. So, so uh, something can have a verified truth score. So, you know, let's say communism doesn't work. Uh, uh, you know, pure communism doesn't work. Uh, you know, somewhere in there, Venezuela and Cuba and the Soviet Union and all the other times that like a relatively pure communism has, has been attempted, uh, needs to show up as a verification score. Okay. And if, if someone comes up with a communism that does work, that, that should weaken the belief that communism doesn't work. Or if someone can say why those other times weren't pure communism, it, sh- it should weaken it. Or if they can show, you know, they, the, the people who tried it really did have pure motives, you know, or they didn't or whatever. Um, it's, so, so there's, there's different types of sub arguments. And so, uh, another example of how it worked is, is let's say there's a belief that you want to have a carbon tax. Uh-huh. You know, so that's a conclusion. And the belief that in anthropomorphic, or I'm not sure I'm saying that word, but a human caused global, that global warming is caused by humans, that, that's another belief. And so it should have a score based on its pros and cons. But if humans 
you know, CO2 emissions are causing global warming, if we strengthen that belief, it should also strengthen the belief that we should um, tax or, uh, you know, have a trading system for carbon. Okay. And, and so there would be a linkage score. And so I would oh. do pro or, con, pro or con arguments. So basically the template would be if global, if X were true, would it necessarily strengthen Y? And then I would just have pro or con arguments uh, for that linkage. So, so again, uh, humans are causing global warming would have a score. And if we strengthen that score, it, that, that conclusion could also be used as a reason to support other beliefs. Sure. Anyways. Sure. That makes sense. When I was in I college, it. I'm sorry. But I start explaining it, but it loses all interest because it's, it's very in the weeds and I don't, I don't know. It, it's exciting to me and it seems to make sense to me and I don't know why we don't do it. It seems so obvious. Um, and I think that that's part of why no one does it is it, it, it seems so obvious. And I think oh. in hindsight, once we built it, people would say, eh, you know, it was obvious. What, it, that, that's not a big deal. It just makes sense. Okay. Um, but I don't know. It, you were going to say in college you kind of – Yes. Your, your distinction between verifiable knowledge and logically deduced knowledge is key. I majored in sociology and philosophy – when I was in sociology class, the professor was always telling me that I was coming to the conclusions the wrong way because I would use logic to say something would be the case. She would, yeah. in sociology, they want to be like the, like biology and other sciences that have evidence because they say, she always said, you have to look at the data and the other professor said, you have to look at the data. So even though you may think something would make sense in, to be in the case in the world, it may not make sense. Ironically, yeah. uh, let me give you an example of Ben Shapiro. He, he's too logical sometimes. He, for example, I heard him on a video. He's saying businesses would not discriminate against people because there would be less money for them. But people do discriminate. So just because yeah. it's logically, it doesn't mean it's going to be happening in the real world. Yeah. No, I, I had the same exact thing. Is I was saying, you know, I don't like how things are set up for my wife. Um, she doesn't want to work a full-time job. She wants to work, uh, you know, 30 hours or 20 hours. Sure. And, and, and so I was saying I wish the government would change their incentive structure because um, right now uh, they, they, they make it so if you work more than 20 hours, you have to give someone uh, health care benefits. Oh. Um, my, and so no one wants to employ you for more than 20 hours um, with, without making you work 40 or 50 or 55 hours a week. Yeah. Um, but if you took away the necessity for employers to provide health care benefits, my, you know, it, my wife could do a job sharing. Um, you know, she just, she wants to work 20 hours a week, and I think that she would be effective more, she, you know, how 
you get burnt out during the week and you don't really give it your all and you just you, you're burnt out. Yeah. I think that, that my wife could could do a job sharing, and she doesn't need health care benefits. I've already got that. But okay. you know, um, is well, what about the what about the divorced people or the single moms who don't have that? And and so it's. Anyways, I didn't mean to get too far from your story, but I had a friend who's very kind of Ben Shapiro-esque, and he's like, you know, uh, the government shouldn't get involved because, uh, uh, you know, you have competition and whatever, whatever, by definition, whatever company figure, can figure this out will figure it out, and um, so you shouldn't do government involvement because, because the market will fix this. And, and and so, anyways, I, I I only brought up my 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 experience because it seems to go along with yours. Yes. Is is they're they're attacking it from a philosophical standpoint. Yeah. You know, uh, the market does solve many problems, and that is true. But that that's looking at the world from a philosophical standpoint, not necessarily an evidence based policy. So one size fits all. They, yeah. they they accept that the market fixes problems, and that is true. The market does fix problems, but the market doesn't fix every problem. True. And, yeah. and, and, and and so that's the problem with Republicans and Democrats. Is there's a uh, in psychology there's something called uh, um, psychological inertia, or something else inertia, cognitive inertia. Once you accept one Republican. Uh, belief, it's easy to accept a second Republican belief. And then once you've accepted 10, it's very easy to accept the 11th. And so your inertia, your momentum, your your motion is moving to the right. And and if you do that, it's just much easier. Picture a ball on the top of a hill. Once you start going in one direction, it's easy to, you know, like you were, let's say in, in college, you started off and you wanted to give the devil his due and you want it to look at both sides and you want it to look at pros and cons. You know, by the time you're 90, you're usually just an ideologue. You're just spouting propaganda. You're, that's just what happens to us. And sometimes we just become robots of propaganda when we're in junior high or high school, but it happens to everyone, man. Um, I, I left a religion that I thought was I was confident was true. And, uh, you know, I, I've had a bunch of things where I was confident. And, uh, you know, the scientific movement, uh, the evidence-based policy, the evidence-based philanthropy, the scientific movement, the enlightenment tells you to doubt your beliefs. Not to doubt your doubts, but to doubt your beliefs. Because, um, you know, uh, these echo chambers we get in, these, uh, the cognitive, cognitive inertia and the confirmation bias, confirma- have, ha- have you heard very much or thought very much about confirmation bias? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a very basic concept, but everyone thinks that everyone else does it. And so we just need a political party that finds some method and you know i think 
the first step is to count pros and cons, but you can get more and more sophisticated. But I think that any political party that doubted their themselves and doubted their preconceived notions, even if you only had $100 and you were just counting pros and cons on a piece of paper, you could do better than the Republican or Democratic parties. But wow, if, if we if, Yeah, but if you had, you know, a million dollars to put into a website that tried to automate cost-benefit analysis and to automate uh, conflict resolution, that tried to look at um, these different uh, approaches to uh, evidence-based policy, you know, if you had a million dollars, uh, I, I think, I think, and I think that it would just be amazing. Yes, be great to try. <laughs> and you know, once I get my life all figured out, maybe I'll run for office. There's a guy, there's a guy in Boulder, Colorado, and he developed an app, and he said he was just going to vote, however the citizens of Boulder told him to. So he was oh going to put all of, all, so I think it was for a city council or something, and he was just going to put all of his vote to a uh, to the app to to direct democracy. And I I I don't like that because we're all busy, we're we're all we all have full time jobs, and I think that we're all just uh, we are all caught in information bubbles, and so. I, I would do the same thing as him, except I would uh, I would do a pro con list and try to try to find some some objective criteria for measuring the the pros and the cons. There we go. So, Mike, how can our audience support you and your idea here? Um, I do have a GitHub. Okay. And I try to. I try, so GitHub is just a Microsoft bought them, but it's a it's a project hosting website, and so uh, if if you Google Idea Stock Exchange, Idea Stock Exchange, okay, it, yeah, it's and uh, it's it's GitHub and it's my username, which is M Y K L O B, kind of a stupid way of spelling Mike Lob. Um, but yeah, there's a if you Google uh, my name, there's a I, there's a GitHub. Um, I'm also on Twitter, and I can I can send you other links. I I, I do have some uh, websites, but yeah, uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I, I do have the Facebook page. Um, I I'm trying to explain the idea. I'm working on trying to explain it in a book. I'm I I'm hoping I have explained it a little bit to you. But yep. yeah. Uh, I, I don't care if I succeed in creating a political party or, but, you know, in my spare time, I, I, I definitely think this is a fun pastime and I hope, I hope you, everyone eventually will, will, uh, will create a evidence-based political party and I have my ideas of how we should count pros and cons, but, uh, I don't care. I just want I just want a policy. I just want a political party where where people look at both sides and try to try to at least pretend that they're looking at both pros and cons. 
I don't sure. care if you if you do a good job, just pretend for me. You know, <laughs> I don't know. All right, it, it's like the, the the game of demonization or others the the people that disagree with me are evil or dumb or stupid or naive and just the the the, the verbal attacks, the politics of personal destruction. I, I'm just tired of it. I think yeah. I think everyone else else should be tired of it. Yeah. A lot of people who listen to this podcast, and talk on this podcast, share your sentiments. So you're onto something, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, but I, yeah, that that's how people can support. And um, I, I'm sorry I have been speaking so much. I, I feel like you have uh, vast experiences with you know your your major and your sc- uh, more focused school study. And so uh, yeah, I, I think that there I would be be interested in hearing more of your uh, more about your um, uh, efforts also and and uh, thank you very much for reaching out to me and and uh, let's definitely keep this conversation going as uh, whenever I'm definitely available whenever you want all right sounds great thanks again Mike for coming on the podcast we wish you all the best with this idea and also all your personal and professional endeavors all right perfect well thank you so much all right take care all right bye-bye